Yeah, I reckon that's it. I reckon we're there. No, no, I think that's good. No, I think that's a bit too 1990s soapy. Um, it's very positive, though. Oh, it is, yeah. but not in yeah. a good way. Don't like it. No, it sounds like it's some sort of government, like, welcome to this. It's a bit type. corporate video, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is very music. corporate. Yeah, yeah. 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 Public announcement type thing. In a stapler type thing. Anyway, look, just to explain, <laughs> we still haven't found our intro music for the Cars Guide podcast. We're, yep, we are up to episode 16, uh, but we just can't find something which really sort of sums us up, but... Anyway, hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast where we tear down pressure tests and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. With me, we have Cars Guide senior editor, Matt Campbell. Hello. Otherwise known as M4 and our young colleague, J3. Hello. I'm only 22. That's not that young. You are, it's you, are, <laughs> you are young and you've rode across from that island called Oversteer. It's the Cars Guide's dirty, grotty little brother <laughs> website. Hello, J3. Now, this week we'll be talking about how EVs have outsold combustion cars in the land of Norway and looking at how that compares to our own country and and other places like the US. There's the new Mazda CX-8, which has just dropped out of the clouds. And J3 will tell us about his first time at Summonats. Yes. Yes. But first, Muskwatch. About five days ago, or actually only a couple of days ago, uh, Elon Musk, uh, the, the dear leader of uh, the Tesla, Tesla company, has announced that uh, he will be building a diner complete with 50-style people on roller skates uh, at his new supercharger station. Now, you know what? Until, until he tweeted that, I was a bit of a devotee. I was a believer. <laughs> but I'm kind of a into the 50s hot rodden scene and I kind of feel like he's encroaching on my turf there. And especially with electric vehicles, they don't, they don't, they don't go hand in hand. That's my cool zone, That's says my cool zone. Richard. Keep out. Um, stay back. Matt, look, what? I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's Tesla's place necessarily to sell hot dogs and hamburgers to people while they wait and charge up their cars. But this is going to be in LA and anything goes there. So I can understand why they might be thinking about trying to diversify their setups. Mm. Um, As I found when I did a little video a couple of weeks ago when I charged up the Tesla Model X at the supercharger in Sydney, um, you need something to do. So I guess maybe... A drive-through movie setup or a roller skate diner could yep. be a bit of fun. Yep, J three. You're. A, I you're don't really see the point. Like, <laughs> really, like, okay, because from an outsider's perspective, if I don't know anything about cars and Tesla does this whole 1950s Americana thing, I'm not going to change my image on how Teslas are cooler or how they're more American. I'm just going to think what. What the hell is going on? It's like some sort of alien planet where they've gone, let's try to replicate humans and it's not turned out quite so nice. And It's a bit harsh. From a Tesla owner's perspective, if I owned one, I doubt they all... Did Tesla owners all go to Americana restaurants for dinner? I thought they'd go to like 
quinoa kale no, they lettuce do. houses. They do go to kale houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this might be the yeah. the you know the treat for the family. You take them yeah. out for the night. Yeah. Oh, we'll go to the supercharger. Yeah. What yeah. every single yeah. time you need to charge it's actually up your a pretty, car. It's a pretty good name for a the supercharger a, a cafe. The supercharger. I think there's a there's a nightclub called Supercharger just down the road. Okay. Um, now I'll read you the text. I'll tell you the tweet exactly. Elon Musk uh, from the seventh to the first. Um, Gunner, G-O-N-N-A, Gunner put an old-school drive-in, roller skates and rock restaurant at one of the new Tesla supercharger locations in LA. Now, that's been retweeted 7,566 times uh, and people are loving it. People are saying, please say there'll be popcorn. And Elon's replied saying, of course, an outdoor <laughs> screen that plays a highlight reel of the best scenes in movie history as well. No. <laughs> oh. Looking at Matt's face. Oh. That's not what I was expecting. Is it, do you need to pay to see the movies? And like, because I doubt no one has ever filled up their car with electricity or fuel and then gone, yes, you know what I'd love to do at this petrol station? Spend unnecessary amounts of money. Yeah, but. So if you're going to be dropping like $30, how much are cinema tickets these days? Expensive, yeah. like 25 each. Mm. So do that like every single day. But the thing is, people do spend stupid amounts of money at service stations. That's where they get their profit. No. Um, but not necessarily in order to stay there and enjoy the ambiance. Mm. Um, I would say that <laughs> perhaps there's there's something to this theory that maybe people should be given something to do because charge times can be up to an hour or more uh, at the superchargers, mm. depending on how many cars are there and the load and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, giving something to do to people who are sitting there waiting doesn't seem like a silly move to me. I'm just not sure that... The Americana approach is quite right. Yeah, I think Elon just has ideas and he just tweets them straight away. He just vomits them out through his phone. They come out straight through his phone. He doesn't necessarily just tweet them. He might hold a press conference about it yeah. with, with semi-trailers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, with an <laughs> unveiling. But look, this is already happening already. Um, there's there's superchargers located at restaurants and, and casinos already where you can go and, and you can charge up for free. I mm-hmm. think there's a few places, actually yep. a lot of them that do it for free, as long as you're going there and you're, you're spending your money and stuff like that. Yep. Um, yeah, look, yeah, look, sorry, but I was a, I was a big fan, but Elon, you've lost me. Um, and I probably won't come back until we see that Model 3 appear, um, which is supposed to be out now. But don't worry, we will keep an eye on Musk Watch. We, we watch Musk very closely here at the Cars Guide podcast. Now, talking of EVs, uh, Norway, news from Norway, EVs have outsold fossil fuel cars for the first time um, over there, and Norway is, is the world leader in terms of EV take-up. Uh, 52% of cars that were sold in 2017 were electric vehicles. So, um, is, before we go any further, is that EVs as in purely electric or plug-in or hybrid hybrid and electric okay electric okay yeah so it's cars that have an eco bent that's right so more than 50 percent yes right 52 percent of cars yeah Yeah. that's that's pretty phenomenal isn't it it's incredible i mean when you think about um how much it's less than one percent in australia that are sold that have that sort of yeah. uh, combustion technology yeah. or non-combustion technology yeah. as it may be. Yeah. Um, that just says so much for how progressive that country is in terms of its attitude and approach towards EVs. You know, they've got incentives. They understand that, you know, this is the future mm. and 
it is kind of weird because, you know, there's not much that's really drawing people to that apart from incentives, I would think. That's right. I mean, Norway does offer um, huge incentives, um, you know, uh, in terms of parking, charging, purchasing the vehicles. Um, those type of incentives aren't offered in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there'd be a better take-up of EVs and hybrids if there were. Um, I know that there, and there are a lot of the car manufacturers are big campaigners for it. Renault's out there. Uh, BMW is also a big vocal um, supporter of more incentives for 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 electric vehicle buyers in Australia as well. Um, a little bit different in Australia in terms of 2017. We set our own um, little record here, uh, almost the complete opposite. Yes. Uh, SUVs outsold, um, we're talking regular, both the petrol, electric, hybrid EV um, and combustion engine SUVs outsold regular cars, passenger cars last year. Um, it was a record year again um, mm-hmm. in terms of car, cars that were sold. Um, but, yeah, for the first time, I think, what was it, Matt? Um, SUV sales were something like, um, was it 800? Um, and I think it was about 15,000 more than cars, yeah. which yeah. is the very first time ever. It's history-making. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. It was a pretty pretty big result, mm. um, but it's not unusual. I mean, mm. we've all seen the shift towards SUVs, but, again... It wasn't an SUV that took the top spot. It was once again the yep. Toyota Hilux. Hilux. So, yeah. what do you reckon, J three? Is this bleak? <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're it... a passenger car guy. Is that what yes, we're reading? Yes, I like cars that. This is going to open up a huge rant, and I'll try to keep it small. But I don't see the point in SUVs, and I can understand the Hilux being one of the best sellers because not only is that just private buyers, but also uh, businesses and governments as well. So that makes sense, and I'm fine with it because the rain, the Hilux is purpose-built to do something, and almost every single person who buys it uses it for that purpose. Mm. Meanwhile, SUVs are just compromised versions of sedans, in my opinion. This is speaking as J3, by the way, not speaking on behalf of anyone else. I think that SUVs are compromised versions of hatches. They're not as good as wagons. They're not as nice to drive. They're not as nice to look at. They're probably not as nice to own. But, but, but the the some of the main reasons that people buy them are because they're easier to get into and out of. They're easier to load kids into and out of, and you sit up higher in traffic, so you get a better view of. Yeah, the Yeah, but you're not looking up higher if everyone else is at the same I height know. as you because everyone else has an SUV as well. And no one got out of a Mazda three and went. Oh, my back. Because if you did. I did. <laughs> Look, I think, you know what? <laughs> I agree with both of you. As as a father of, you know, uh, young children, SUVs do make life a lot easier in turning, terms of getting the kids in and out. But at the same time, I agree with J3. There's been a, it's a bit of an arms race. It's an SUV race where we've, we've all enjoyed the higher, higher driving position. But now everybody's moved up. Do we just do we go up even higher? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's a fashion. I just yeah. honestly, it's like torn jeans. In I think in twenty years' time, thirty years' time, a different type of body style car will be popular, yeah. and it might just be an egg. You know what I mean? It might be <laughs> the perfect shape. We finally got to it. A it's pod. just an egg. It's a pot. Yeah, Do you know and, what I mean? and that's you know that's a lot of automotive manufacturers' visions for the future as well. Mm. Is that mm. you'll have these little pods that will drive you around, and you won't actually need to do anything, which is kind of cool, but. I understand, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp that SUVs have their role mm. 
uh, I wouldn't buy one myself, but I would buy a dual cab mute. And I see the absolute appeal in those things because things like Hilux and Ranger, the top two selling vehicles in the country, yeah. they are super versatile vehicles. They can yeah. be family cars. They can be off-road superstars. They can yeah. be haulers for the worksite. That's why people are buying them. Yeah. You know, they, people call them dual purpose. It's actually multi-purpose vehicles. Yeah. These are yeah. the new MPVs. Yeah. They just happen to have a big tray on the back. So hang on, could we be, leading, could, could we be making our way to um, uh, a country where everyone's driving highly off-road capable youth. <laughs> well, yes. Um, obviously, those sales do include yeah. um, two-wheel drive variants, yeah. and but they do pale in comparison in terms of volume. Most people, like 50% of people who bought a Hilux last year, bought the SR5 dual cab. That's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. a 20-something thousand, 24,000 yeah. Hilux yeah. SR5s yeah. sold last year. And they're, and they're not cheap. No. They're fairly expensive. You know, 55000 bucks or so. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's big money. It is. Now, um, in, now we're, not, we're not alone in loving our utes. Um, the United States has also set a bit of a record itself over there, but for, for pickups, you know, we'll call it a ute, we'll call it a pickup. Yeah. Um, F-trucks. Now, if you thought the Australian car market was booming, um, the U.S. Uh, vehicle car, vehicle market is absolutely storming ahead. Um, just F trucks alone, I, Matt. What was it? Was like eight hundred, eight hundred and ninety six thousand seven hundred and sixty four F trucks were but sold in two thousand and seventeen. I'll clarify something. What was the Australian? What were Australian sales for vehicles? Um, Eight, one one point. Uh, one nine million ish. So, almost so. Just <laughs> F truck sales alone almost equal the entire Australian car market sales. Yes, Fuck. yes. Um, so I did a little story on Oversteer, which you'll be able to find at the Cars Guide site. Um, so eight thousand eight hundred ninety six thousand seven hundred sixty four. That's two thousand four hundred fifty seven a day. That's nuts. That's insane <laughs> it equates it equates to one every 35 or so seconds that's, around like that's stupid that it's it's big numbers but then you consider um it'll take for you know the hilux yeah. forty-seven thousand sales yeah. for the year which was a record for hilux and you know massive massive result that's what they sell of the f series in 19 days so how many US. how many in a, a minute did you say uh, so it's 1.7 per minute. 1.7 minute. Now, dear listeners, you've been listening to the Cars Guide podcast for 15 minutes. So <laughs> there's been 30 sold yeah. in the time that you've been listening. That is insane. It is. It yeah, is pretty yeah. phenomenal when you think about it. Yeah, they love that. They, they do. They do love their pickups, and they're they're enormous, and they do different editions. There's a Texas edition. There's all sorts of sports editions as well, yeah. and um, and we're due to be getting. Um, a few of those into the country as well. Exactly. Um, we'll be year. getting the, the Chevy Silverado, yep. um, which was the second biggest seller in the US yep. with a measly 585,000. <laughs> uh, and then there was the Dodge Ram with just over half a million. So those three trucks combined mm. easily blew the Australian market out of the water. But that's the thing with the American market. Trucks are going up, SUVs are going up, passenger cars are dipping. And yeah. the entire market as a whole yeah. was down despite these cars going up by yeah. 6 or 7%. Yeah. So, yeah, so that segment's booming but mm-hmm. um, not overall really. Yeah, yeah. 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 so it's, it's kind of 
it's an interesting market. Is there any idea on how much they'd cost? Like if they ever like come over here and then get sold properly, any idea how much they'd cost in comparison to like a Ranger or a Hilux? Well, the, the Chevy, sorry, the Chevy Silverado and the Dodge Ram and the Ford F Series. Some of them you can buy through conversion houses at around one hundred and forty thousand dollars that's so much that's money. A it's of money. a lot of money it's a lot of money but over mm. there it's not that much money yeah because so. apparently over in the states they get sold for pennies mm. like everyone just gets them because they're very it's, cheap they're, and they're, they're everywhere. extremely cheap and so is fuel so you know they're buying these big v8 petrol powered pickup trucks but fuel's costing them nothing and the, right. the ute mm. itself is maybe costing i mean you can get a Silverado, a pretty well spec Silverado, for around fifty five thousand US. So you're looking at seventy odd thousand. So you're looking at a Ranger Wild Track for a Chevy Silverado, which yeah. is bigger, more yeah. capable, more comfortable. Yeah, you know, more yeah. powerful. All of these things, all the mores. If they were sold here in Australia, you'd and it was through the regular channels of a dealership, you would hope that they would come in under a hundred thousand dollars. It wouldn't really matter though. Hmm. If they were offered, people would buy them. So, Quick question. Just something popped into my head. Say if you, Matt Campbell, are living out near... What's somewhere out in the middle of nowhere? Broken Hill? Maybe mm-hmm. Broken even further a good than one. That. If you lived out in Broken Hill, would you... Money's no object, okay? You live in the sticks. If something breaks, you have to fix it yourself. Because we're Australians, outsiders, international companies like to think, oh, well, if we're going to make a car that's going to break or not break, may as well test it out in middle of nowhere in Australia land. Mm. So if you lived out in Broken Hill, would you have a Hilux or Land Cruiser or Ranger or would you opt for one of these things? It's a good question. You'd go Hilux, I reckon. Yeah. You, you probably... I would probably go for a Land Cruiser 70 series because they yeah, yeah. they are known to last for Forever. a million kilometers without an oil change. It's yeah. people just yeah. just kill them, but yeah. they don't die. Yeah, so. that's right. And as well, if something does go wrong and you're in the middle of nowhere, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to be able to get a water pump or whatever you need yeah. from a local mechanic. But if you turned up in something a little bit more exotic um, or US spec, it might be a bit difficult. It might be a bit of a wait. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Talking of which, we've got three new Hiluxes arriving, don't we? Um, yeah. So there's the the rogue, the rugged, and the rugged X. <laughs> um, not not necessarily as catchy as Tonka, the yeah, no. the special edition mm-hmm. uh, custom made thing that they did earlier. But these three things, they're all um, all in there to grab a bit more customer coin by Toyota, and good on them. They finally picked it up on that. So. Trady Utes or just more a um, well, there's recreational two, type thing? There's two that are more, I guess, tradey focused. Yep. Um, the Rugged, which I believe will sell alongside the SR5 about mm. the same price. Then there's the, which it's it's an SR based Hilux. So it doesn't have the Xenon headlight. Oh, sorry, it doesn't have the LED headlights. Um, so it's probably a little bit more basic inside, but it's got some rugged obviously uh <laughs> things on the outside <laughs> then there's the rugged x which is I see what be, they did there yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the rugged x has a few more things like it's got a bull bar which doesn't have those hoops that go over the headlights so yes that can be good and bad because mm. if you hit something it might break your headlight which That's an it. led headlight will be expensive to replace a lot of money but um, it does look cool, yep. so that's why they've done it. Yep. Yep. Uh, plus it gets a few other things. And then there's the Rogue, which I personally think is the best Hilux of this generation in yep. terms of looks. It's clean. It's yep. got that 
Thai sort of the, the Thai special end. edition look yeah, to yeah. it, um, and it it's pretty smart looking. And yeah. I mean, it gets a hard cover and it gets yeah. side steps, yeah. so it looks kind of more like Ranger Wild Track, yeah. which is where they're aiming. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking of tradies, if you can hear the sound of our building falling down around us, um, it is. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear. Well, not, not really. <laughs> it, well, what, what's happening? We've got, we've got a whole lot. We've got a construction team in, or a demolition team at the moment. They're pulling the building apart and we're building a brand new Cars Guide headquarters. It's like, Matt, you described like a double decker bus. A yeah. double decker bus of, <laughs> of, of building. It's exactly what I described yeah, it like. Yeah, yeah. you did. Um, what is not a double decker bus is the new Mazda CX 8. Uh, that news has just dropped out of the clouds recently. Uh, we've got a story already up on the Cars Guide website. Um, M4, what do we know about um, this car, which obviously slots in between um, CX5 and CX9? Yeah, so um, it's the diesel offering that they'll be bringing in. It's slightly smaller than the CX9, but rides on the same platform. Mm. So this was made for Japan specifically because they don't get CX9 because it's a bit too big for them. So it's a slightly, ever so slightly smaller car, still with the choice of seven seats, um, still with all-wheel drive, and with a new diesel engine with a better tune than what we've had in, in the past mm-hmm. in the uh, Mazda 6 and Mazda 3. So it's, it's a bit punchier. It'll fight against vehicles like Kia Sorento, Hyundai Santa Fe, and uh, it'll give them an option in that marketplace where most, I mean... You, you can have, for example, a Toyota Fortuna, which is quite a hardcore four-wheel drive yep. and diesel, yep. or a Toyota Kluger, which is petrol and not mm. so hardcore, yeah. um, where this gives them gives Mazda two options that are both relatively soft but quite uh, attractive. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, this is a different buyer set, I think, to what they've been aiming at with the CX-9. Well, that's it. I've just finished reviewing the X-Trail and I compared it to CX-5, but the X-Trail is actually quite a bit bigger mm. than the CX-5. CX-5, you know, it's not, it's not short in length, mm-hmm. but it, it's, you know, it's, it's not into X-Trail or Santa Fe territory. Yeah. So CX-8, um, any word on seven seats at all or do we know? Yep, seven seats. Great. Um, Great. So Santa Fe almost. Yeah. Rival. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. It, it, in uh, in Japan, they have a six seat option, but that yeah. won't be offered here. So it's six. A, yeah, Where's so two, 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 two. Yeah, so there's a walkway <laughs> yeah. through to the back. Which, love a walk. Love, which a, is a, love an aisle. It's a bit know, of a Japanese SUV. thing. I mean, they are quite small people generally, so they can walk to the back a little That's bit true. more easily than yeah, we yeah, can. Yeah, so, yeah. But it, it's definitely an interesting uh, proposition from the brand, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them fill those other gaps in the CX range. I mean, yeah. CX3, CX5, CX8, and CX9. Yeah. So revive the CX7. We need something in there, maybe a CX6. I know there's a CX4 in... Uh, Japan as well, yep. which is a coupe style yep. CX3 yep. or CX5. CX10? Yeah. I want to see a CX10. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a battery or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about cars which are actually here right now in our garage, um, I'm currently in a Hyundai i40 wagon. It's the diesel. And Matt, you've been driving the 86. Yeah. Now it's, it's, what's new about the 86? It's got a dynamic performance kit. What is that? So you get sax dampers sax you yep. get, get um, nice <laughs> <laughs> you get brembo brakes yep and also for 2018 they've updated the media system um, so it's now got um, a touchscreen with sat nav in every model plus knobs on the screen Ooh. rather than using the screen oh, to go yes. up and down in volume or tune oh, which yes Jack's great 
you with me on that? Yeah. You it's love, the best thing you, ever. Knobs are so yeah. much better than slidey yeah. touch. Um, I think it's the Suzuki... What's that weird cube thing? SUV, the very tiny, narrow thing. I'm losing everybody. Suzuki. Ignis. Ignis. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have a volume knob. It's got like a sliding panel, yeah. which doesn't make sense because yeah. it's for teenagers and yeah. you eat yeah. all the time and your fingers go yeah. greasy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, d- you can't use it with <laughs> greasy fingers. Is that, a, co- is that well, a correct statement? You know, manufacturers don't think about these things. They need so to talk to us kids. <laughs> touch, is the display screen still the same size or is it still... It's a 6.1. So it's still small, It's isn't still it? small, still doesn't have CarPlay, still doesn't have Android Auto. Yeah. So it's still running short in terms mm. of enjoyment factor yeah. for someone like myself but the car doesn't so yeah. the car yeah. is fun um, it's, so much it's fun. an 86 it's rear wheel yeah. drive it's yeah. manual and it's with the sax dampers and the Brembo brakes it really makes a big difference to the controllability of the yeah. car I know Richard and I were having a chat the other day about brake fade in mm. Toyota 86s particularly the GT which yeah. has a different brake system to the GDS but yeah. Um, you can pound the brakes for quite a bit longer than you would in an existing or regular 86. And this is an option pack. You can get it for 2200 bucks on any 86. So you can go for the base model GT and add this pack. So it makes pretty good value proposition. Look, I think I can beat your uh, screen size. Uh, the i40 screen size that I'm driving at the moment, the i40 wagon, I got my uh, little Opal card uh, in Melbourne. It'd be your Oyster card or Mikey. What, Mikey, sorry, yeah. Mikey. Um, or just just a business card. It's business card size. In fact, if I put my business card over it, it covers the entire screen completely. Wow. Yeah. So that makes when you're reversing your little reversing camera that comes up, it's like it's it's. It's impossible. You may as well just reverse properly and use your mirrors. Yeah, it's mm. tiny. I was asked so. by Mao to go downstairs and change, <laughs> swap the cars around. That's my one little job I have here. Mm. Um, so I had to move the i40 and yep. it is microscopic tiny. because the window line on the i40 is rather yeah. rather high. So yeah. looking around down yeah. in a dark car park, I'm like, what the hell am I going to crash into? <laughs> what expensive car is it going to be today? Yeah. So yeah, that tiny screen, just staring up at it with my face right up against it yeah. going, oh, what's high? out the yeah. back there. So. It, and that, that really shows its age. The new i40 is arriving next year in mm-hmm. 2019. This car is like stepping back into 2012 uh, where that screen was the norm. Um, but now, you know, your, your smartphone screen is, is, has, has eclipsed, you know, the size of screens in cars. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I, I, I like that diesel engine. I like the handling. The ride's really good. I like the styling. Um, yeah, but just the interior is just out of date that that um, i40 has always been one of those cars that should have sold better than yeah, it did it should have um and i think because they maybe have too many models mm. in that mid-size segment yeah, now like yeah. it wouldn't really surprise me if hyundai goes you know what next generation we might not bother with it because i think so it's yeah. they can focus their energy on the sonata for example and have a be- better parts bin for that car when it comes to you know repairs or whatever so there are costs involved with having a model that doesn't sell very well yeah. on your books and i mean it still sells reasonably well but not well by you know big big name hyundai brand models standards. absolutely i mean that'd probably be the one of the only people in in the australian car market who who would be able to say though that we've got a, a mid-sized wagon that's a diesel so that's probably their unique that's probably their reason for staying yeah staying there yeah it is yep. it is an in, i guess an intriguing offering mm. but yeah now talking of intriguing uh j3 uh oh. had a had a had a bit of a first uh 
last week. Now he told us he's told us about a few of his first. The first time he slept naked, he told that <laughs> told us about that experience uh, uh, yesterday. But he also told us about his trip to the Summonats in Canberra. It was your first trip to what is the festival of the Hoon in Canberra. I love it. I've been a couple of times. Yeah, Jay's how many three, times have you been? Uh, three or four. And so that, that was your first mm-hmm. time. Um, best parts? Uh, honestly, maybe leaving after three days. No. I mean, it is a good event, but like yeah. after three days of standing in 40 degree heat mm. constantly, you're just like, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been to the Bathurst 1000 a whole bunch of times, mm. but Summonats is really on its own everybody just comes out of nowhere with these massive well not massive cars medium-sized cars with massive engines just sticking out the top of them huge superchargers and blowers and whatnot and it's absolutely insane because first of all when you walk through the gates you see the first v8 tirana and you go oh wow look at that that's cool But then you just see another one, and then another one, and then another one, and you just see all the Rav's cars constantly, and then it just becomes a white noise mm. in the background. Yeah, yeah. And because everybody just has the same Aussie yep. muscle car, it's you're kind of looking out for things that aren't there, like where's a rotary? Yeah. Where's another old yeah. dirty Corona yeah. type of thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, you went down with our, our esteemed editor, Mal. Um, yep. You took a... Uh, was it 1970? What Corona was it? Corona wagon. 1979 Toyota Corona wagon. Corona wagon. Four-speed manual. That's now, important. And list, a two-liter. Listeners, you've got to check out uh, the, the zero ins- bucks given. The, the installments of zero bucks given, which was the name of the of, of the Corona. It was it was patina taken to the extreme. The thing was beautiful. <laughs> it had lichen and moss growing on it. It had an Australian flag uh, coat hanger aerial. It had the esky on the roof racks. This thing could not be more legit uh mm-hmm. it was slammed on its guts thanks to some paving stones that m4, <laughs> m4 had left has over provided. from his house the thing looked amazing and you went to this festival of insanity mm-hmm. um driving it and yeah like yeah. i saw the photos you, you you did look like you're having a good time i was having a good time yeah. yeah on the first day we were doing a couple of laps around the cruise route mm. and then the corona kind of gave up halfway through and vomited all of its coolant out on the all over the road and because it had been sitting in a paddock for I think it was 20 years yeah. don't yeah. quote me on that yeah. and don't tell Mao in case it's wrong oh, well, um, he won't be listening to yeah. this so <laughs> it spewed its guts up and instead of coolant it was just mud so everyone's going around in their nice cars and then there's yeah. just this big old patch of car diarrhea just soaking into the ground. But you fixed it. You yeah, fixed we fixed it. it up. We got a Dremel and then ground down some of the water pumps mm. and then just did some makeshift bodge jobs. I was asleep during it. I have to just come oh, clean and say that. Yeah. I got wow. no sleep the night before. So while Mal and uh, Craig, one of his mates who's a mechanic, was under the car doing mm. stuff, I was in the, um, in the car <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Oh, that's well, because it was his first time also at a hotel. At a hotel. you went, Yeah, you went to a hotel <laughs> yeah. for the first time. Yeah, I haven't been to a hotel and before. you had problems with the exfoliating in the, and the beds and the, and the, and the housekeeping m- service. Yeah, so the maids moving I, your clothes. I thought housekeeping 30s. was just like a thing in the movies. Like, I know that they clean your room when you leave, <laughs> but I thought, like, because all the American movies, I just thought it was like one of those things, like how 555 is a phone number in yeah, American movies. yeah. So I left my room in an absolute style with like dirty undies and clothes all over the yeah. place. And then when I came back, they were all like folded up neat and stuff and the bed was clean. And I was like, oh God, the poor human being who's had to go through my stuff. 
<laughs> well, look, on, on the note of J3's Dirty Undies, um, let me thank you, everybody. Oh, God, is that the end note? That's, that's what we're that's leaving the, them with? We're going to leave right. them all. Okay, we're going to cool. leave them. Just like <laughs> you left the Paul housekeeping person with your undies, we're going to leave our listeners with listening your undies in, as well. If you're listening in, person who claimed room 804, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How dirty were those undies? Well, well you were at Summonats. Wow. I can guarantee you they weren't the dirtiest undies at Summonats. <laughs> now, look, oh. you've probably realised that our regular host, James Cleary, isn't here. Now, last year, he went in search of Frosty Chops, the head of PR for the Winton Motor Corp, who's also the, uh, the principal uh, sponsor of the Cars Guide podcast and the last remaining local manufacturer in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, problem is, uh, we haven't heard from James. Um, so we sent Tom, Tom also from, from overseas, to go and find him. Um, Tom hasn't come back. Now, Frosty's personal locator beacon went off uh, shortly after the Melbourne Cup. Not Melbourne Cup, the Sydney to Hobart finished. Uh, there was Melbourne Cup, it went off. One time as well. <laughs> They're all right, they found him in the lose. Uh, but the Sydney to Hobart, uh, he was found, uh, well, he hasn't been, I don't know if he's been found, but he, the, the, the locator beacon went off somewhere around the Grafton region. Yep. And, um, yep, James has gone out there and um, he hasn't come back. So I'm wearing the orange overalls. And... Um, <laughs> I'll be heading out there straight after this podcast. So, look, thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram, and and use the hashtag CG Car, pod, Cars Guide Pod. Sorry, search Cars for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram, and use the hashtag CG Podcast, or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Re- or visit the Oversteer podcast, which, in my opinion, is much, much better. Oh. Thank you, J3. Look, remember to subscribe and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the podcast. I hope you can join us next week. Thank you very much. And until then, remember, James still isn't here, so I still don't have a witty sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>